so many times when I've been for different job interviews, we've been stuck talking about running because I think uh, an employer is really interested in that, but you've got something else and you've got a passion. Um, so yeah, definitely you need to bring that out more if you're not very confident about being employed. Hello and welcome to Find Your Force. This podcast is here to help you discover your career potential. I'm your host, Hope, and in this season, we're talking all about how sport can help you find your true career calling. Whether you're taking the first or next step in your career, our advice and stories are here to help you find your force. In this episode, we're on the athletics track, and I'll be chatting to Chloe all about how her sport can help you find your career potential. So let's get started. Do you think, had you not played football, you would be as good as you are at your job? <laughs> you said she was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how about I just do the pedals and you do the wheel? <laughs> well, you need to let go of the pedals first. Oh, oh that beat you. <laughs> I'll go for a rest. Chloe, lovely to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. How are you feeling? Fine, yeah, good. So let's dive straight in. When did this love for running start? So I started running when I was 10, um, and it's basically only because my parents tried to get me into every sport, and it was just like, what is wrong with this child? They wanted me to swim, and I was drowning at the other end of the pool. I wanted to do gymnastics, and that was just, no. So running to cheap get some trainers, see if she can run around the track, and I absolutely loved it. That's the only sport I've really committed to, Sid. I bet they wish they'd discovered your love for running and your passion for it before spending money on the others. <laughs> so what is it about running that you love? I just love the way it makes you feel when I'm out there. You're just sort of in control of it. It's your sport. I'm not a team sport person. You just feel so good to be finished. I love competing. I wouldn't say I wake up every morning like, oh, I can't wait to go and run. 20 miles today but that feeling when you've like finished and I love racing so much so you know your training is always geared to that every day so yeah it's just I love it. You said that you're not a, a team sport kind of person why is that? As in more like I can't play team sports as in when it's a team for athletics great but if I'm playing like netball or football like at school where we played rounders everyone's like oh send Chloe out far she's really fast and I'd pick up the ball and I'd be like and they'd be like, oh my God. Um, so yeah, it's not that I'm not a team player. I just physically, I'm awful at team sport. So yeah, not okay. for me. Well, that makes sense. At least you've tried everything else to discover that. Yeah. <laughs> so you said there that you're quite fast or people at school said you were quite fast. Does that mean you're a sprinter? Are you kind of long distance? What kind of running do you do? No, always long distance. I'm okay over the shoulder stuff. I did a little bit when I was younger, but I'm definitely not. I'm just better at long distance, definitely. I'm sure some people would say long distance is more difficult because it's more sustained for a longer period. How do you keep going when your body's kind of saying, come on, we can stop now, we're done? You learn to this. I remember getting to 20 miles in Manchester Marathon last year, like, oh my God, this hurts. But I knew what time I was on for. And I think that always, if you're having a good day, you see what time you're on for. And I don't know, you, you just get yourself to that finish line, so. What determines a good day versus a bad day? Um, it can be anything. So sometimes like your prep isn't ideal. You don't feel good on the day. Uh, might have overtrained a bit, not slowed down for the race. Um, so those days you just have to look at it in a different light. Like I'm not going to run it like time today, but it's going to be a good training session. Um, like we ran for England last year in Barcelona. 
before Manchester Marathon and the whole way around, I was like, this is such hard work today, but I was thinking, I'm still going to get something out of this. It's a hard 13 miles, which I wouldn't have done without the race. I'm running for England. Um, so yeah, some days it's just not there. And everyone, everyone gets it. Even better. We'll talk about that more in a moment because that's really interesting. But do you feel like you have to know yourself and listen to your body when you are having a day where maybe you, you can't push yourself to the next? Yes, and I'm not very good at that. Um, so I ran a European 50k championships last year and up to it was a feeling amazing. I was helping a few niggles here and there and people were like, oh, why don't you not run? And I was like, well, no, I'm running for Great Britain. It's not an option. Um, so I went um, 31 miles. It's not nice. So I have learned from that race. Um, learned from that race. Um, your body tells you when it's not feeling amazing and there's always a reason. Um, and you athletes, top athletes, try and ignore these massive warnings sometimes. Um, so you learn with, with experience. Um, but yeah, it's not always there. And when you train in a lot, these things happen. So. About rest and recovery, how important is that? Um, so I've learned definitely over the last few years, it's so important, especially when you move to marathon. Um, it's so easy to not like respect the sport and think, oh, I can get back running in the next week. But no, you'd, rest and recovery is so important. So I've definitely learned my lesson after Manchester when I tried to rush back into training. We touched on a few marathons that you've completed. Where have you done those? So I've actually only done two, um, sort of accidentally fell into only, only done two. <laughs> well, yeah, like I feel like that's not really like a proper marathon career yet. But yeah, I did London and Manchester um, and absolutely loved them. And I'm dying to get on the start line. Which one did you prefer? So I preferred London, um, but I had like the race of my life at Manchester. So like Manchester is sort of a special marathon for me now, but London, amazing. I'd, I'd do that again for sure. And with the London Marathon, and I, I say this because I have looked into doing it before. You should. You normally have to have a, a charity or someone that you're kind of representing. How did it work for you? Uh, so the RAF actually amazing with marathons. It's the in-service marathon championships. Um, so if you can be like, to be fair, most, a lot of people can get in because pe people aren't keen to do it. Um, they offer um, team places, the RAF. So if you can run like a decent marathon, like you're pretty much going to get a spark through the, R the RAF. So yeah. So running the marathon as the Royal Air Force, how much pride did that fill you with? So much. I even had my little blue ribbons in my hair, which all the girls always take the mic out of me for, but I get so excited to run for the RAF. Um, and when you're out there, you just get so much support. Like, yeah, people are like, go on RAF. And it's just like, oh, like, it's just so nice. Um, and I just, there's just something more special about running for the RAF than a normal club. I think people have a lot of respect for military people and the fact that we're out there running the marathon yeah I just I love competing I always wear my best any race I go and do I'll have my RAF vest on. So that's just one example of how the Royal Air Force supports you what else does it do? Um, so like training camps I'm going to Switzerland for four weeks um, next week um, and as a high performing athlete you get you're entitled to 90 days leave um, extra I tell people this and they're like what? Because that's just not heard that's of. That's three months. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I get that time out to go and train, compete. You just wouldn't get that in a normal job. Like before the RAF, I was balancing, trying to train before and after work. I, I couldn't have gone on training camps. Um, so I think that's the big thing like that I really appreciate that sort of support and time out of work.
Did they help you with any funding for like equipment, kit or anything like that? So central funds um, provide us a sponsorship every year. Um, so I get that off them and that is towards equipment, um, sports clothing. Um, I'm also sponsored by Aquila Air Traffic Management Services that do a lot of work with the RAF. Um, they give me money every year to help with training camps. Uh, I went to Kenya in January, so they sort of funded that. Um, so, yeah, through the military, I took that last. And what is the Central Fund you mentioned? Central Fund, um, Central Fund Sports Lottery. Um, so everyone sort of puts money in it every month. Um, I have, I think it's six tickets. Um, and then every month you're put into a lottery. Um, but the money they make from that is given towards all the sports people than they are athletes. It's not just elite athletes. Um, if you run at a bit of a lower level or most of all lower level, um, as long as you're out there representing the RAF, then then willing to support. So why did you join the Royal Air Force? So I've always wanted to join the military from a young age. I went to a few sort of army sports days with school, and I was like, I love this, like assault courses. Um, and everyone was like, God, look at you, I just loved it. So I always just had that... Um, like love for the military um i don't really ha- i don't have any family um but my mum and dad not really into military they they were we usually find that people had parents for the military um so i went to um a reserve center in worcester which was my local one and just said oh i'm thinking of joining the army um can i get some advice um and he was like well firstly this is a reserve center and i was like oh <laughs> i didn't realize um, and he was like, what do you want to do? I said, I wanted to be a physical training instructor. Um, and he said, well, you can't do that in the army. It's not a direct role. Why don't you consider the RAF? Um, and when I sort of told him my times, he was like, yeah, you should definitely join the military. They support sports so much. Um, but he said, if I'm being completely honest, we do want you in the army, but try the RAF if you want physical training instructor. So I went to my AFCO in Birmingham. I was like, I want to be a training instructor in the RAF, please. Um, so I got my interview um, and completely failed and they were like, you need to come back in six months. So I was like, tried again, failed again. Um, so went to the expo and just said, put me in, any trade, I just want to get it. So yeah, I, that's the way I got into the RN. So first of all, what is AFCO for those who might not know? Um, so it's your recruitment centre for armed forces um, in your local town. Um, and they're so good in there. They know everything about every trade and they know how good they support you with sport. Any questions you've got. I know people that have just gone in there. Um, I met one woman who went in there to keep dry yeah. when she was waiting for the bus. <laughs> and now she's been in the army for like 15 years and loves it. I think you go in there and you don't realise actually, you know, what is available in the military. So it's worth going in and just having a chat with them and seeing what it's about. And you said you failed, but you're sitting here now. So what happened? Why did you fail and what did you do after that happened? So I really wanted to be a PTI and I went for my first interview and like leap tests went great. And then there was a section where you had to play sports. So the first one was football and you had to dribble the football around cones. And I sort of went like, kicked the ball and lost the ball. And I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. And everyone was like, wow, you can't kick a football. So I thought, right, next sport badminton just like this on the shuttle club every time and I was like and then like you need to work in this sport because obviously being a PTR you need to be an all-rounder what is a PTR is it a person pretty physical training instructor okay yeah so they just said go away for six months maybe practice a bit of like coordination (laughs) yeah I lack that um went away for six months and they said it's better 
but then they wanted girls to be able to do pull-ups and I think I managed one and a half and they weren't proper ones so again they said another six months and I was like I'm not waiting six months I really want to get in the military so I went but that's when I went back to the AFCO and joined in any trade I was like anything I just want to get in <laughs> it's interesting because the Royal Air Force was just a door for you to have this role that you wanted the PTI role that door kind of seemingly closed and then it was the Royal Air Force was the new goal so it kind of Draw, draw you in, yeah, definitely, it? yeah, definitely. I knew people in the RAF already, um, two runners actually, um, and I. When you invest so much time and like I've been um, training for PTI and doing my research into where I wanted to be based, I was just invested on this lifestyle. So I was like, I'll go in with anything, um, anything that does have an interview where I can get straight in as quick as possible, and yeah. I love my job now, so it's, it's all worked out really well. So what is the job that you do now? So the, the trade name is Air and Space Operations Specialist. So it's Air Operations. Um, at the minute, I'm at quite a nice little job down at Gatwick Airport, which is quite a rare job. Um, I work alongside the Civilian Aviation Authority, um, dealing with any sort of airspace activity going on um, across the country um, and across Europe sometimes. Um, like the fly past um, for the coronation, we did all that all that work for that. So that was actually really cool to see it in place. You were like, oh, I've had a little um, job um, involvement in that. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. It's really good. You mentioned failing. I don't like that word. It sounds like the kind of end to something, but it's not. It's just a setback. You Have you taken that experience that you learned from that in terms of, okay, I might not always get the first thing that I want, but it can lead to other things. Have you taken that into your working life? A hundred percent. I know it sounds really cliche, but I do think things happen for a reason. And I clearly wasn't meant to be a physical training instructor. And actually the trade I do now, I love so much that I'm, I want to commission and go as an officer, but in this trade, um, so I think like you should just never give up because I could have easily been like, oh, I can't be bothered. So go to the AFCO, you know, look for another trade and go through it all again. But like, if you don't give up, things work out. I think things are never easy. Um, hard work always pays off with its sport work. So yeah, definitely don't give up, try again and things, things do work out. What other skills or experience has being a runner given you in the rest of your kind of life and world? So I'm, I'm so disciplined and it's definitely come from the running. So from like 16, I'd be up before school, getting a run down, after school, getting a, like a double day in. So you have to be really organized. Um, so it's that disciplined mentality, which is why I think I, it must've been like why I felt military was for me. Um, I'm, so, I'm really motivated. I'm always looking at the net, oh, what can I do now? What can I do now? Um, which is why I'm trying to commission at the moment and go officer because I feel like I can't settle with things I want to challenge and that must have come from my running because once I've done one marathon I'm like oh, what, when's the next one um, so there are so many skills with running that you find like lead into your day-to-day -day life do you find that because you're just an individual who's running by yourself you mentioned the team sports earlier you're a good team player but the coordination not so much <laughs> yeah. do you feel like that gives you more focus at work or just in general life? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I focus so much on the running 
but it's nice to have that break sometimes because you're so like this will run in. So it's nice to think, oh, now I can focus on work. Um, it is an individual sport and you have to really be, you have to be motivated because I don't have someone saying, come on, let's go for a run now. Um, See, so it's like, it's on me or it doesn't happen. So it's like, it work, like if I don't get it done, no one's going to do it for me. So we're all sort of definitely all linked. How to manage it? in terms of your running schedule and training with your job. I know that you mentioned the 90 days to get off extra because you're a the athlete, but how else do you manage it on a daily basis? So the RMF are really good at, say I wanted an extended lunch to run at lunch. Um, you do get that. If you want to do your sport within the day job, um, they are really good at accommodating that. Um, I used to work at Bryce Norton at 70 Squadron and they all loved the fact that I ran um, so I'd get a two hour lunch to get out for a run, get back, get showered, have some food and get back to the desk. And then maybe I'd stay a bit longer if there was stuff that needed to be done. So I think with the military that helps a lot. Um, and then any other time it's just a case of getting on with it. So sometimes it is like a 5.30 alarm. Um, I've been working at RIAT, um, which is the air display show this week. Um, so that was a case of I had to get up at 5.00 have a run before. Had. Um, but if you want to do it, you'll do it. Um, and it feels so good getting it done early. No matter how horrible the alarm feels, it's nice feeling. Getting it done and you've set up for the day then. Talk to me about the mental side of it. We've kind of focused on the fact that you've got to be a determined individual. What else does it provide? So it's not easy. Um, running comes like with injuries. Um, so you have to be quite an optimistic person. Um, you get an injury and it's like, oh, I need to focus on, you know, the next thing, the rehab. Um, marathon running in general is mentally hard. Um, it's 26 miles and you, when you're going out to run a certain pace, you like, everyone's like, what do you always think about? That's what everyone always asks, like, what do you think about when you're out running or doing a marathon? Hi, I'm trying not to think that it's 26 miles. I'm trying to think of the next mile and the next mile and then. And or I'm, if I'm out jogging, I'm just thinking about what's for dinner or just... Oh, I need to do my washing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot my washing. Um, just things like that. But, yeah, mentally, it is tough. Um, but it makes you it makes you mentally stronger. So it, it's a good sport. I love it. Talk to me about any friendships that you've made throughout your running career. So most of my, like, really close friends are from, from running. But when you go away on, like, training camps or races, you become so close. And from the age of 16, running at English schools or going to England, I've got some really good friends. I actually went my boyfriend through running. Um, so, yeah, running has brought a lot, lot to my life with friends and boyfriends. So, yeah. I mean, you've been doing it for basically ever. So it's your whole world, isn't it? Yeah. I, so get on. I, th I was thinking, oh, 10 years. And then I'm like, God, how old am I? It's like, running for like 15 years. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, crazy. But yeah, it feels like I've run forever. So. Everyone knows, or they should, that with the Royal Air Force, you do travel quite a lot. There is a possibility there that you'll be deployed or, or what have you. And you mentioned these training camps as well. Where have you been with your running with the Royal Air Force? So they've not actually been Royal Air Force camps, um, but they provide me with the time to go away. I know so many sports have actual RAF team camps. Um, athletics is, is different because with a team, we're not an elite team. We just have a few elites. So it's hard to get a camp together. But that's why they give you the time to go away. So in January, I went to Kenya altitude training for four weeks, which was an amazing experience. Um, yeah. 
So you're basically at 8,000 feet training. And um, so there's very minimal oxygen um, and it makes you just more efficient. Um, so it's very hard because I couldn't breathe the whole time. And you'd have Kenyan runners running past you like, morning, and you're like, oh my goodness, like, how can you run like that? So it just, it was just such an eye opener to see where the best, you know, the best marathon runners in the world. And it's very clear why. Um, so yeah, that was an amazing experience. Um, I went to South of France last year, altitude training again for four weeks. Um, and then I'm going to Switzerland next week for four weeks, altitude training again. So yeah, the RAF fully support that. Um, they want you to go away and train because um, at the end of the day, you're representing them. So it looks good on them when you run well. So yeah, they're very spoiled for that. If someone's watching or listening to this and they have got the same passion you've got for running, they wake up in the morning like you do and, and go for a run before school or work. How can they transfer that into being employable? If they have that passion, it's you're so employable because you've got something about you and you're competitive and you've got a lot of discipline to get up early and go out for a run. And there are so many people out there that actually love doing that. Um, People often say to me, I need to get more into running and join the RAF because you're never at work. You're always doing sport. And I'm like, it's time for sport. It is work. Um, that's what it is in the RAF. It is part of, you know, it's part of your job. So people that think they aren't employable, but they're the type of person that gets up at 6 a.m. and goes out for a run or does the local park run on a Saturday. Those sort of people are who people want to employ, um, you know, that not a lot of people want to do that and it's amazing to see from an employment point of view um so many times when I've been for different job interviews we've been stuck talking about running because I think uh, an employer is really interested in that but you've got something else and you've got a passion um so yeah definitely you need to bring that out more if if you're not very confident about being employed talk to me more about the elite athlete scheme we've touched on it a little bit how do you get to that stage? So the elite athlete scheme, you have to be representing England, Great Britain. Um, so I've not actually taken the elite scheme just yet. Um, I have I have ran for England GB last year, so it is there for me when I'm ready. Um, but it's two years, um, so it's easy to be like, yeah, I'll take it now, two years off. Um, but it's it's um, you want to time it well, so. Maybe in the next few years, I'll be closer to the Olympic world standard for marathon. And that'll be the time where I'm going to be like, take it now. Um, so that's why I'm sticking with high performance athlete scheme at the moment, which like I said, is 90 extra days. Um, so yeah, they're both amazing schemes. Um, but the elite scheme would be two years um, full time, full time runner or whatever sport you pick to do. So the difference is that the high performance one, you get extra days. Um, and some funding sometimes for kit and what have you, the lottery. Um, with the other one, the elite one, you don't do a job, you just do your sport. You're just a full-time athlete for those two years. Is the elite side of things, is that as furthest you can go with the running? So within the RAF, the, the most you can get is the elite scheme, which is the two years off. But if you were to be an Olympian by the end of it or running world class, there would be room to negotiate and extend that. And people have gone professional outside of the Royal Air Force, so they are going to then give you that time to be professional and do what you need to do. Because um, at the end of the day, you're representing the RAF and 
that still looks so good on them. So elite skiing with the RAF, yep, there that you can go. But you can, you know, you can go on to be professional um, and then come back to the military whenever you're ready to. So all options are there for you. It's also quite interesting because it's it's kind of a safety net in a way for elite athletes. If they do get an injury and have to retire early, if you're a pro outside of the Royal Air Force, that's it, isn't it? You've got, you've got to retire. But if you're in the Royal Air Force, I imagine you can go back and do your job. Exactly. I, mean, I, I got a stress fracture at the beginning of the year. And for a runner, these things happen and you have to just sort of deal with it. But if I'd have been a full-time elite runner, I'd have... I don't think I'd know what to do with myself, but I could go to my day job and be distracted and have people there. And I'd got that job and that's when I put my application in to go, go into an officer role. Um, because then you've got that amazing career, but actually you've got the sport as well. So it's such a good balance. Can you give the audience one kind of last nugget of advice or yeah. something key? Yeah, definitely. So running opens up so many doors. I ran since I was young and it's got me into sick form because I got a sports scholarship, got me a sports scholarship at university. Even if you're just like a park runner on a Saturday or, you know, you just do the odd race, it's definitely worth just keeping it going and seeing what else it can, what other doors it can open. I know so many runners that are runners now because of the RAF. It started initially because they're like, oh, I get a Wednesday afternoon off if I do this country. <laughs> and now they love it and they're doing half marathons and 10Ks. So, you know, if you've ever considered military and you love running, you love sport, definitely just go and get some advice. So, yeah, just give it a go. Give it a whirl. Give it a go, yeah. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for sharing your story and have fun in Switzerland next thank week. Thank you. Thanks, I will. <laughs> and thank you for listening or watching this episode. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes like this one and why not share with anyone who wants to find their career potential?